0: Well, hello. Hey there, Doug.
1: How are you doing? Hi, Ryan. Good to see you. So you do a lot of standing, do you? I do. Yep. I stand here at my desk most of the time. Yep.
2: I do too. In fact, um, you know what? I'm just going to do that right now because I have my standing desk. (laughs) Beautiful.
1: Man, is that your office there? Oh, I'll show you around.
2: Yeah, this is. Oh, my um, goodness. it's amazing jungly uh I have yeah. vines growing all over <laughs> my bookshelves and then um in the corner I have an AC right there because sometimes it gets really hot so beautiful. I disguised the chimney that goes up into the ceiling there.
0: Wow yeah. man well done that, that is beautiful. There's my
2: sofa and then uh my little on un- her throne oh, Frankie. Beautiful, <laughs> hey, little guy and then, of course, every therapist should have an iceberg somewhere, so.
1: 100%. Yeah, that is a beautiful one. Man, that is amazing. So I assume your, your rental person, landlord, has no problem with those vines growing in there.
2: Oh, they didn't know about it. Um, uh, so I'm not sure. I'm about to move to a different, a larger place on the same complex. Okay. And I'm okay. gonna roll them up because they're they're I have little wow. hooks that they're hooked on, so I'm gonna roll them up and hopefully transfer wow. them over
1: there. Man, that they're like my children, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful, man. How long have you been in that office?
2: Um, it's been January of 2019, so it's been a little bit, a little while.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Wow. Yeah, that's beautiful, man. I love it. What an office. Um, yeah, it's good. Um yeah i didn't know what all one how much time you have I,
2: I have until uh two thirty so an hour and a half
1: oh oh beautiful, beautiful yeah and I didn't know what all uh you would like to talk about. I'm sure maybe you were just curious if I had questions or what, but well, um,
2: just more of a natural dialogue, you know um yeah
1: great.
2: i I know that uh you I guess you've asked me some some things, maybe, um, or maybe it was through our mutual Mm -hmm. person that you shared some questions. I I don't remember. But anyways, yeah, uh, yeah, it's also neat to meet somebody who is coming from a similar background of um, Mm -hmm. Christianity and finding it uh, to be um, the baby there. Without The bathwater needs to be changed from time to time, but that there's something yeah, there. Yeah. And then from that perennial, that particular lens of the perennial truth and moving into a larger metaphysics and that, that mirrors a little bit mm-hmm. of my own journey. So that's pretty neat.
1: Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Absolutely. Um, well, one, let me just start by saying how much I, I have appreciated listening to your lectures mm-hmm. and reading all your stuff on your website. Good grief, there's a <laughs> lot of articles that you have put on your website. Thank you. Well done. Uh, that's so. That, I imagine that's over a period of years or last few years. Or?
2: 2015, I started it. And wow! Yeah, just also uh, over 300, probably or so.
1: I <laughs> agree, man. I mean, that's amazing output. So well done, and thanks for that. It's an enormous amount of helpful stuff. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. I, um, and your lectures, um, the, I I listened to of course, the one you sent, um, that was your overview of the raw material, mm-hmm. which was wonderful. And I've sent I sent that to several people cool. since cool. and all with the same feedback of that was the clearest explanation of that, of the law of one I've ever heard. So oh, wow. really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. it.
2: Glory to the infinite creator.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was beautiful. And so I know I've, I've been able to hear a little bit of your story or background just through some of these. I I also listened to your one with uh, what's his name, Buddha at the gas pump and Rick Archer, of course. Yeah, that guy. And, and then of course, you know, the audio that you and Matt um, of your conversation with Matt. So I've heard some of your biographical details, especially that very interesting story of, um, you at that seminary, um, yeah, with the, the lynching of yourself at oh, that yeah. seminary, whatever that was. But, um, I'd be curious to hear, um, part of my question and part of just where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. And maybe it'd be helpful for me to share. Yes. I would of, love to hear A that. little bit more of where I'm at. Yeah. yeah. Cause then that will fold into a question. Yeah. Um, just in brief, you know, so as not to make, make it long. I, I, I was born and grew up in Kenya. And then my parents moved back for me to go through high school here and in Lubbock. Um, and then so I went through high school here. Of course I did the whole football thing and played football at Texas Tech. And then when I stopped that, I I was in the international business. Was you major, played football at kind of Texas of Tech? World. Yes, sir. Wow, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, that's good. Do you follow football? Or- no, no not
2: really, uh, but I can appreciate the The discipline. I, I played baseball in college a little bit. Oh, so. beautiful!
1: Yeah, that's cool. Beautiful. Where did you play? Uh, oh football? no, no,
2: it was it was a community college in Dallas. <laughs> so I was Perfect. one year, and then I decided to grow my hair out and move to Mexico. So I did that. But, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> extremes, that's awesome. extremes. Go ahead. Anyways, you, you yeah. had gone to, but that already tells me though that if you grew up in uh, a PK right, a, a pastor's kid in yeah in Kenya then um you're already uh you certain you have a certain mm-hmm. world view at that point.
1: mm mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um and I could say it like I was a bit this is where, you know, as I started to be aware of what was happening to taking place more psychologically speaking through college, I was identity confused all around. Mm-hmm. Um having, you know, culturally worldview confused. Growing up in Kenya with Church of Christ background parents, um, who on the whole gave me a very gracious and wonderful uh, way of being a Christian. Not, not they were not the typical kind of legalistic conservative Church of Christ folk, Great. which I'm very grateful for. Yeah. But nonetheless, an enormous amount of, if I can say, guilt that came in um, w- with that whole worldview. But not least of which, and this is what I started to realize, I felt a lot of guilt. About being wealthy uh, and being uh, American, um, being in Kenya. Um, and that, of course, affected my choice of going into international business, which was in my conscious mind. It was the choice to assist my colleagues and brothers and sisters in Kenya, um, financially as it relates to socioeconomically and such. That's my conscious. My, that was my conscious awareness. It turns out, I think there was a lot more going on than I was aware of. Um, but so I did several internships as it relates to that whole area of microfinance. I don't know if you're familiar with that whole area, but microfinance. Basically, yeah. 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 OK, cool. So I did internships with Dr. Muhammad Yunus, uh, you know, Nobel Peace Prize in Bangladesh wow. and India and Sri Lanka. And then finally got myself to Nairobi, got back to Nairobi. I can say that after I graduated. Oh, sorry. I heard a girl yell, but they're just playing. Um, and and then uh, you know, long short, what basically what happened was so I was in the whole development world, and I mean, I still I still that's part of my job at the moment, though I'm done with this job in April. Um, but it's all international development, and it's all oriented around a holistic strategy of uh, empowerment of persons and communities. And there's a lot of good about it, but there's a lot also a lot of limitations, needless to say. And one of the things that I started to notice as I was living in Kenya and then I met my wife there, uh, we got married and then moved down to Malawi. So we've been in Malawi for the last 11 years and moved to Lubbock last year. Uh, Same culture. So for these last 11 I'm sorry. Same
2: culture, you know, Malawi, Lubbock, Same. Texas, you know. <laughs>
1: yeah for sure for sure it hasn't been uh traumatic at all yeah yeah especially f- for the girls uh, oh, so Jesus. our first girl we have three girls and uh first girl was born in malawi second in cape town and third in houston <laughs> which is a lovely spread yeah um so that's been interesting just their own yeah. experience of it because it mirrors my own in different ways experience of awesome um but basically um and I would love to hear any of your thoughts as you hear me kind of just processing this here. But, um, what I started to become aware of is that I was operating out of enormous amount of guilt. Most of my so-called vocation of being a so-called missionary, which I started to realize as well, that the archetype of missionary is laden with all sorts of maybe not so helpful ways yeah. of perceiving people
2: and a lot myself. of colonialism, so, colonial over. Yeah.
1: And, you know, consciously, I'm very against that. But unconsciously, all those patterns were still there. You know what I mean? And one of the primary things that I experienced was, well, in in a lot of different ways, to make the long story short, um, I, I started to have an enormous amount of angst and resentment towards the people I was working with because they were mostly very conservative church of christ like folk that's mm-hmm. who we were working with yeah. so i felt you know it was just like all day every day i was feeling this this frustration of of you know you guys just don't get it you know you're so wow. small minded narrow minded all that stuff and then finally what happened was um i had something of an anxiety breakdown hmm. which is a hilarious story oh, but by the Let way i keep seeing
2: divert. the the thumb c- up I,
1: i'm not doing that i know i Oh. Uh, every time with Zoom, every time I do double thumbs up or single thumbs up, it uh, just pops up. Oh, cool. Awesome. All right. Well, what happens if it's you stick crazy. your middle finger out? <laughs> I, I haven't tried it yet. Oh. <laughs> See? But this is pretty cool. Dude.
2: See, you're magical. This is PK Kids.
1: That's it. That's okay. it. Exactly. Sorry to oh, no, interrupt. I just – yeah. okay. Go ahead. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, what's I saying? oh to diverge on this interesting story you may appreciate this um and i I had something of i don't like to use the words anxiety attack but it was something to that effect um is what it felt like with an enormous amount of fear that just kind of collapsed me for about two weeks i couldn't do anything Mm -hmm. and because what happened was in malawi um every once in a while this happens we were told um, but the a lot of people believe in vampires as as like really believe that there are vampires. Needless to say, it's a very witchcraft laden society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so basically, what had happened was uh, political parties doing their thing started the rumors that there's vampires. They started doing things at night to you know very not cool things, hurting people, killing people, mm-hmm. and pushing it all on vampires. And then, which which that is a problem in and of itself, but doesn't really impact us until they said, and actually the vampires are expatriates are white people.
0: Oh, Jesus.
1: And yeah, so all the animosity of all these villages turned towards all the white people in the country. And we were in this small town and um, a bunch of our friends Cars were getting stoned all the time going through the town, we tried to lay low, I was going to South Africa at the time for some gut issues. So leaving my wife and the three girls, and that needless to say that little episode triggered the whole thing. But that triggered it but what i realized was through that that whole thing was that my way of being was not consistent with my conscious belief system and my way and the enormous amount of fear that i was living with the enormous amount of guilt and enormous amount of resentment that i was living with um they weren't lining up you know my conscious worldview was was a lot different than that so that was a whole process of just releasing everything that I thought I thought and, and moved more into a journey of, let me expand, um, my mind, expand my heart, expand my way of being, um, putting practices in place that allow me to function from a different level. And, um, so this was back in 2016, 15, 16. And then, you know, that's when I found course in miracles. I found the law of one oh, really? Really for me, Okay. Uh, go ahead. Did you have something on that? Oh, well, I
2: was wondering, um, the course of miracles. Did you remember what was the catalyst for to get you there, or was it David Wilcock?
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Interesting. So um, it it was I found Wilcock right after I found the course. So I found the course through a podcast with Gary Renard, mm-hmm. which I have feelings about that now since. But I'm grateful that that was the path, you know, whatever the path that that allowed me to find and start reading the course. But then I found David Wilcock right after that. But um, so I understand from Matt that, you know, David, well.
2: Mm, No, 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 not well. Um, it's funny how the telephone line works, you know, where you say one thing, uh, I worked, I exchanged a couple of emails with him
1: around that
2: time, probably 2015, 2016, maybe a little bit later, but, um, I had worked with, um, somebody else in his, I, I didn't really work with him like one on one, but I was tangentially connected with Corey good oh wow um, and most okay. of uh wilcock's stuff at that point was pretty much just you know talking about what corey good's stuff was so mm-hmm. um but i i know i i followed wilcock for a while um good mm-hmm. for a while and mm-hmm. uh, it was a time in my life where i was exploring all these things too mm-hmm. um and david wilcock um Uh, it is, I guess, a gateway for a lot of people to have discovered Mm. the law of one. So I will hold him in and his vocation um, with some gratitude in that area. Uh, I I since have moved. I I realize a lot of things about my own self, but also the disclosure movement in general that um, Mm. helped me to be where I am now. So I don't disparage it. But I think it's, Mm -hmm. uh, in general, the main way to be a disclosure advocate, at least that I've seen, Mm. um, is part of the problem, but that's, that's my own bias. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it's not like I'm saying right or not, but it's, it's what keeps me, gives me peace. (laughs) How how do I integrate the psycho spiritual stuff inside myself is, is a way to see, um, to build upon what the good things that I saw, but also to see how uh, they, it actually has become part of the, the problem. So anyways, that, that's to mm. plant a little seed. If we wanted to move in that direction a little bit later, we could do that.
1: Yeah, I would love to hear a little bit more on your understanding uh, of that. Um, yeah, well, uh, where was I anyway? I, I think I don't have to say You too were much in 2015
2: but- and you discovered – the Course in the Miracles and The Law of One a little bit later, and you were in a moment okay. of expanded yeah. consciousness because of the the anxiety. You hit the top of the ceiling of your belief system, and it wasn't working.
1: Yeah. Oh, thanks, mean That was a great recap. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, yeah, this is one of the things that I can just say also I really appreciated about listening to your um how I'm understanding you talk about not just the law of one but just where you are right now. I think it was in the the chat with um you know, on Buddha at the gas pump that yeah. you noted um finding ways of being being more practically grounded Mm-hmm. In this awareness is helpful, and ways of not just experiencing mm-hmm. the the love, the self acceptance, the self forgiveness. And i i real. I really appreciate the um, concentric drawing mm-hmm. that you have in one of your posts. I have that now up on my wall here mm-hmm. because that's really helpful for me to just see. Like that's what I've been working through, mm-hmm. not just for myself, but mirroring that as I see others mm-hmm. is learning to love, accept, forgive, extend. I, I absolutely love my favorite my favorite quote from the Law of One is the quote of "This is what the game of life is. Yeah. Um, and you know which one I'm talking about. Oh Yeah. Yeah, man, I love that so much. So uh, I think the course is what helped me first to expand my awareness around how to learn to love and accept someone mm-hmm. that I do not agree with the way that maybe they think or they act. But to really do it in a in a both somatic and a, a non spiritually bypassing kind of way, wow. And That's what I think. My practice of the last five years with the course, and then you know, bringing in other elements of understanding through the Law of One, and I'll say in general, I really appreciate Hermetic and Gnostic mm-hmm. um, philosophy as well, um, Kabbalah philosophy, yeah. um, but just bringing in. But I'm I'm always I've been in this zone of. I felt it and I heard it at the end of one of your chats. I feel that I'm currently in this season, season of, um, I don't want the information and the knowledge anymore. I really want to experience and practice it. And so much so that it becomes my, my moment, my moment reality and experience. Um, when I'm with someone who's in the church of Christ, that my immediate response towards them is love and acceptance rather than, I got to try and change your mind, you know, that kind of thing. So that's where I think part of what I learned over these last few years was I was not in Malawi for the reason I thought I was, you know, I thought I was there to, you know, you know, do all these development programs and help people and all that kind of thing. But it turned out I was there primarily to learn to love myself and to love others exactly where they are as they are. And, you know, the course really, I think, as the primary text that I was working with, it really opened that in me to be able to learn to see people in a different way. And I'm really, I'm unendingly grateful for that. Um, and yeah, maybe that's just as a general where I find myself now. It's like, I i love metaphysics and i love learning and expanding my mind but i also i felt it i think you noted um it's irrelevant what 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 stage it is in but i found myself kind of now in this season of man i just don't know i just don't know how any of this works and it's like what i think i know is like the first sentence of a you know, 5,000-page tome, and that's it. And I'm okay with that. I want I want to just be grounded in, in if I can say it, in more of the, the, the vibration of what it is that I want to, um, to experience and to live more so than just be able to articulate it. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I love reading stuff, and I love, you know, listening to, you know, your talk on Law One. You know, yeah. it's expansive of the mind in and of itself, and that's always helpful to me. So, yeah. Beautiful.
2: Wow. Excellent. You – you really are a uh, seeker that is li- is living in that integrity. Um, mm. That's that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Mm. Uh, well, I'd, well, I'll thanks, offer yeah. some re- can offer some reflections on what I heard you please. say, and then please do. Um, one of the things is that uh, the word to know, as as I believe it is was originally meant. Is gnosis, mm-hmm. and gnosis means yeah. lived experiential yep. knowledge. Um, oh, and this is this is way beyond just concepts. Uh, these yeah. are embodied uh, realities that once you know it, you don't unknow it, um, mm. and it's yours energetically. Now, it doesn't mm. mean it's right. I like to say it doesn't mm. mean it's it's uh, undistorted, uh, but it okay. is your yeah. knowledge and. Mm. I think um, the West has uh, been amazing in terms of the world's left brain. <laughs> like, if you can mm-hmm. think of the, the world as, as a brain, and then the the West would be the left side, and the East is the right side. So you have the intuitive mm-hmm. and interesting, um, yeah. the, the rational on the left. You know, in the Western world, with the Enlightenment and the Scientific Revolution, all these things, it ushered in. Um, modernity. And uh, the, mm-hmm. because of modernity, we have been really blessed with things like technology and the fact that you and I can talk this way um, mm-hmm. in different parts of the state. You're in, where are you at now? You're in Lubbock. Huh? In, in Lubbock. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and the yeah. West and we also has a... Um, yeah. A real gift. If you have to, if you have to, literally, just say talk to her for a little bit. That's not a problem. I've got three kids, so I totally understand.
1: <laughs> oh well, thanks. I appreciate that. Um, no, I, she went and did something else. So, okay, so
2: no problem. Um, I know it's like taking a a bone and throwing it, and then no. <laughs> <it. laughs> I get it. <laughs> um, the also the other thing that the West does really well is, I think, is that we. Have awakened to the capacity to label things, distinct, distinguish mm. things, um, mm. so that we can study them and 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 gather knowledge that way. I mean, that's that's really mm. amazing that we can do that. Mm-hmm. Whereas the East would often say that that is, uh, you know, Maya, an illusion. Mm. It's wrong. You know, those gotcha. kinds of things. Why would you study that? You get too enmeshed in the uh, differentiations and you forget the whole, and they're right on that. Mm. And I think that we're living in a time now where the East and West on a macro scale are starting to mirror the, the micro scale, things like our conversation today and uh, things that attract you and I spirit cycle spiritually are going to be the, these, this putting together of the Mm -hmm. left brain and the right brain in a way that our ancestors. Have not been our descendants have not been able to do uh, simply because mm. society hadn't been developed at that level yet. You know, so it's not that we're more mm. uh, that we're more special. Say uh, we just yeah. we just happen to be um, alive microly at a time yeah. when humanity as a whole is probably about twenty two years old. That's what some sociologists or psychologist twenty two. Yeah, wow. like if you were to take really? humanity as a whole uh, yeah. and average everything out, developmentally, so, you might be looking at somebody who's about 22. Wow.
0: 21,
2: 22. That. Um, and that's, that's important because on a micro level, we know that uh, the human goes through these different stages. And yeah. the, uh, around 21, 22 is the last big boost um, the human brain uh, goes through this particular time where, and not everybody goes through it, by the way. Um, mm. If we get stuck in earlier things and we we stay stuck, but mm. the those many people then move into this time of being able to start thinking abstractly, holding paradoxes mm. together, uh, and it really is a different kind of consciousness. Uh, mm. at this last developmental stage. In my metaphysical way of understanding things, I think this is the intre- entree into the green ray center, the heart chakra. Mm. I also think gotcha. it's it's um, connected with the fourth density energetics mm. um, of the earth. Sure. As we move in, humanity's moving into that transitional time. So yeah. we're talking about the uh, overlapping of two cosmic epochs on a macro level Mm. the third density, the fourth density, that liminal space there, that's where we're at. And then individually, um, you know, people like you and I are having this conversation, whereas 10 years ago it it was much rarer. Uh, But it's Mm. popping up all over because, you know, people are responding to the cosmic green ray energy that's being, that we're being bathed in every second. And uh, what Ross says is, typically what happens is when humanity, well, okay, let me say it this way. Uh Ross says that if, when they look at our collective, they see our collective as a single entity because we are, we're, we're many cells making up one body. I mean, the Christian uh, mm-hmm. notion of the body of Christ is right on, you know, yeah. like that's exactly mm-hmm. what it is. Uh, mm-hmm. And, but we what they say is that they see us as overladen green ray you know that there's we're in a green ray environment but on top of that is an orange ray overlay an orange ray is not even yet yellow i mean third density is the yellow ray bandwidth the cosmic bandwidth the orange ray is actually uh is is even less than that um the orange mm-hmm. ray overlay at the macro level, or well, at least on the micro level, it means that the orange ray is responsible for our learning our own identity. Who are we? Mm-hmm. It's this concept of the first uh, rule of the game that you said you liked earlier was to know yourself. You know, yeah. um, and when we, as a macro humanity, uh, either choose to not look at it or are in, or cannot for some whatever reason look and know ourselves really look in the mirror. Then what we do is we project, you know, they're the Mm. problems, they're the problems. And what that does is it solves maybe, uh, uh, an immediate problem, but it it further entraps us in the orange ray energetics to know ourselves. Mm. So right now the tension between the green ray, which is fully two energy levels, more intense and refined, where, mm. but our collective is at orange ray. That almost mathematical um, consciousness uh, incongruity causes this uh, macro ex, um, existential angst. Wow! But since That's nobody is really, well, I shouldn't say nobody. Um, people are talking about it now, thankfully but very few still kind of link it up with the existential angst of a society that's not ready to go into fourth density. And what we have to do is have leaders, teachers like yourself who feel a calling through by doing your own work, uh, to put it in a Christian parlance, to carry your own cross with integrity, fully choosing, accepting and then learning to balance the self and learning to open ourselves up more to love that Mm. would um, not only help us through an embodied state, raise, expand this green ray love elsewhere, but Mm. it also through the teaching that we hopefully can do to with others, just by conversations, you know, where you meet people Mm -hmm. and you connect with them, that, that, Mm. that sparks something that awakens, their own sense of the green ray inside so let me just pause here and see how this resonates with you
1: yeah it's a beautiful explanation and it resonates a lot you know it's really interesting how even those colors which i wasn't aware of except for the way in which they relate to the chakras colors that are typically given especially the green of the heart right Mm -hmm. um that's interesting even just hearing you say that is interesting and it resonates because uh well in malawi for some reason the dominant color—I I would say my favorite color, like a child—but my dominant color that I appreciated was orange. So, is that's really interesting. Like I was, I was kind of dominantly in that mode of unwilling to, if I can say, in some ways unwilling to see the way in which I'm projecting into other people. Um, and then finally, the shift that came with the willingness to see that not only am I uh, very clearly psychologically speaking. Projecting what I don't want to see in myself in someone, but even more than that, uh, you know, failing to align my worldview, which is that we were all we were all one cell, you know, all cells in a body, but failing to live that out in a relational way until—and that's really interesting—and you can you see my wall too. Yeah, green. The the shift happened where green, yeah, became the dominant color. in my in my feeling and in my life. Mm -hmm. A lot of our house is green, and I've been so that all resonates with me. And one of the questions I wanted to ask was, um, what is, I don't want to, I don't want to presume anything, but um, I've been feeling one of the things that I've been noticing with this is part of what the law of one has been giving to me is learning to love and accept um, every aspect of myself. Mm -hmm. And that also means the, if I can say it this way, the lower three chakras. Of course. By way of I typically have had, like, frustration towards them, if I can say it that way. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, I'm, you know, all of the, the sexual desire yeah. and whatever is just frustrating. And just it's getting like, angry, I, I just, just getting
2: it. angry and then being angry that you're angry, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's
1: <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Uh-huh. Man, so, I've so appreciated, I so appreciate it. I don't do it well, but these last few months I've been much more in the mode of how can i love every element right. of this that is all helpful and necessary and it and it it is part of the energy that comes up that even allows me to experience the energy in the heart um but how do i um maybe i can ask you what it, what is the practice that you utilize to in some way remain at the heart space or i don't want to say it that way because maybe there's some times in which you don't just remain there but operate dominantly from that space of seeing from the heart
2: yeah I think it's a good question because um, I I would say a a few things on that. One is the uh, Christian notion of uh, being born again or uh, the the quote, you know, no one comes to the father except through the son. Um, These these can be tied in to that. Now, I'm not saying Christianity didn't royally screw this up and then use it to, you know, to kind of exclude people and and then manipulate them. I'm not saying that. And by the way, let me just say this off the bat. I don't believe that religions are wrong. Um, I I do not believe that. uh, I don't. I am not one to throw away religions. I'm pro religion. Mm. um, Mm. Because the word religion means re ligare. It means to reattach Mm. Uh, to reattach to that which helps one uh, enjoy unit of consciousness with everything, you know. Mm, beautiful. Uh, and I think that the problems that we see in religion, of which there are many, I mean, I would say most of the world's problems could be traced in some ways to religious, um, pro- you know, religious um, exclu- exclusionary energetics mm. is mm. less to do with, the phenomena of religion and more to do with the developmental stages psychospiritual developmental stages that we uh we are as a people as well as individually mm. um yeah, well and so. so i think that religions to the degree and ross says this you know most of the law of one people mm. are new agey and they they poop they hate mm. religions and it's their biggest problem and it's a cabal and illuminati you and well, Ra, I don't know what they do with this, but uh, the Law of Ones clearly say it says that all the religions that you guys have are distorted and the message was half lost. But to the seeker, the pure seeker, to, to the seeker mm-hmm. that is uh, really trying to use, I'm talking the doctrines and dogmas and rituals and all that,
0: mm-hmm. in, in a
2: way with pure intention and and Mm -hmm. fidelity and faith um Mm -hmm. it can be a pure pathway to the infinite creator i mean that's enlightenment yeah so yeah Yeah. um anyways i want to say that off the bat because um i i think that what we need right now is this is my opinion but uh we need people who are grounded in the conventional world Who then feel called have felt called to to explore the so called new agey world, Mm. and then, uh, but not in the spirit of throwing away the conventional, okay, in the spirit of moving then back into a larger um, metaphysical psycho -psycho spiritual space where we Mm. can uh, help bridge the mm, new yeah, cosmic also. reality that's breaking in with the root, the good rootedness, the psycho spiritual boundaries and rootedness that we need as human beings, um, that often new agey, uh, spiritualities lack, uh, you know, mm. everybody can be all, we're all one until something major happens yeah. in their life. And then they revert, they revert back to earlier regressive psycho spiritual, mm. uh, states. Mm. Um, so, Anyways, mm. what I would say is to live in the green ray uh, is the, a new human. It, liter- it is seeing the world from a new place. Mm. It's a new platform mm. of seeing. And But we shouldn't stay there either because Ross says that mm. a green ray activated entity is ineffectual in the face of... Mm. There are other selves who are blocked in the lower chakras, mm. and in fact, will often depolarize from that green ray back into the maelstrom of the lower chakras. Wow!
0: Because the green ray
2: energy that the uh, person who's let's say uh, discovered this new way of seeing from a holistic perspective, where yeah. everything is love, um, yeah. and, and you know, and really have a gnosis of that okay yeah that's a breakthrough but um the freedom can be so great where one wants to share this now that's like a newly converted yeah. person in christianity and like, i want to share this but yeah the way that they are, are doing it, it lacks the wisdom of the blu-ray it lacks the balancing mm. It lacks the capacity to mm. see more 360 you know holistically mm. and so we mm. will often that's then great. um Project our our parts of ourselves that we're not aware of yet. We project out, scapegoat other mm-hmm. people, or we'll tell people what they should or shouldn't do, um, or we'll try mm-hmm. to get into relationship with them romantically or uh, friendship wise in order to mm-hmm. quote change them, even if we wouldn't want to mm-hmm. say those things. And then yeah. pretty quickly, the uh, blockness of the other person activates our own inert blockness, and then we're stuck right back in and entrapped because at this point, I think that I am a green ray person helping somebody else with not realizing that my interactions are the the lower triad. Do you see? <laughs> oh, I love it. That was a great
1: explanation. Yeah, and this is I, one I of the
2: big things in the times. disclosure movement that I saw is that uh, okay. a lot of very, very um, well-meaning people, their feelings, I would argue, are right, Uh, yeah but their worldview from which they're operating and didn't and don't know it is not green ray Mm. throat or higher in the indigo even though they would say they Mm. would be but rather it's actually part and parcel of the same lower three chakras but this time in the name of uh mm. to fourth density and wanderers and changing the world and we just got to educate people about the cabal and the name of that yeah. they're actually creating um their own energetic prison to which people will be going into and thinking they're yeah. ascending
1: you see mm. and yeah that's that was all really well articulated i really appreciate that um uh, I can clearly see myself in your explanation there. I have, I, I found myself in those shoes many times as, since two thousand fifteen sixteen. In fact, early on, I did that very unhelpfully.
2: Well, uh, me too. You know, I mean, that's, to how I, that's how that's yeah. how I can articulate it so well because mm. I had to live it, you know. Mm. Um, Man. And what I would that's really say... go ahead.
1: No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut
2: you off. <clears throat> so what I would say then is. When we, and Ra also says that when a person makes the choice of polarity, you know, so I'm going to yeah. choose the positive path, then the uh, law of responsibility, which is a cosmic law, it's, it's tied to karma, um, gets activated and, and mm-hmm. is a tool, it's a cosmic metaphysical tool that helps us um, to hold ourselves accountable to the polarity that we chose. Uh and that is when we start to get into um karmic entanglements, you know, that might exist between lives with different people. Mm -hmm, And which mm -hmm. is good, um, because it it ultimately helps us to learn the one thing that we're supposed to do here on in third density is make the choice and then which is the choice of love, and then live Mm -hmm. out it enough Mm -hmm. to be able to handle the lessons of fourth density. Uh, mm, gotcha. Yeah. The other thing that's interesting is um, that the law of one says that uh, to, to harvest or to be able to go to fourth density and basically to um, begin the lessons of fourth density living. Yeah. Is 51% of green ray living. But for the yeah, negative gotcha. person, it's 95%. Uh, heart closure. Um, you have to have ninety-five mm-hmm. percent service to sell or, or basically only be loving, five um, loving five yeah. percent. I mean that's that's pretty wow. intense, you know. But here's yeah. the crazy thing: Ross says that both the fifty-one percent and the ninety-five percent are equally hard. And you might think, wow. how could that be? And yeah ross has something else that's interesting is um and i've read the raw material probably a hundred times i mean it's, you know almost wow. nonstop yeah. since 2013. so i wow. feel like i've moved a little bit deeper in, from the first reads to more of the deeper stuff i i hope and i'm yeah i'm not saying i know sure. it, it. every day is a new yeah. discovery you know sure uh sure. but what i would say is that the earth the earth's environment is but the very nature of third density, the very very nature of uh, the energetics of the third density, which includes the veil of forgetting, because this is the only mm-hmm. plane um, that has the veil, where we at the deep mind mm-hmm. level forget that we're attached, where we are one with God, we are one with each other. Um, mm-hmm. The very nature of that is the environment that creates the uh, capacity to evolve at a psycho-spiritual level through um, competition and cooperation, both. Competition <clears throat> and cooperation. Because, co- because co- uh, competition is actually important for <clears throat> development of sense of self. I mean, what do, what do kids do yeah. when they hit their teams? They push against the parents. Uh, It's not a F you to parents. It is, I'm doing this in the service of pushing against what I was given so that I can find who I am. You know, parents have Mm -hmm. to learn how to do that. They have to learn to give space to that. Mm -hmm. And so the entire third density, um, well, I would say first and second density for sure, is all about competition and inside that cooperation. So there's competition and then cooperation emerges from that, and then there's another conflict that comes in. So there's competition, and then another film, you know, membrane grows around that, and then you mm-hmm. have now multicellular organisms, and yeah, it grows and grows. That's true in the cycle spiritual. So Ross says, well, not Rob, uh, Quo. I think Quo is another channeled source that's by yeah. the LNL research is mentioned yeah. somewhere. I can't remember that the the energetics of Earth's third density. Um, is you could think of as 70% negative. Wow. Uh, okay. Not the souls of being negative. Yeah. Yeah. But the very energetic vibration. environment for, um, c- for psycho-spiritual evolution to gain traction and to force a catalyst yeah. for one to choose the positive or negative. Yeah. Th- there's the friction is built into it. Um, yeah. Yeah. because it helps us to discern the wheat from the chaff to burn off um, and, and to then make decisions that will be the metaphysical thrust for the next 2 billion years, you know, our choice of polarity. Mm-hmm. And so the entire environment of third density is 70% um, negative on the polarity of the the two polarities where someone who's chosen the positive Path, which is the positive, which is the path of wholeness, is immersed in the uh, energetics of the ethos of separation, 70%. And that is a good thing because Mm. it it helps us to refine those who choose the positive path to refine more and more and more um, what it is that we're choosing and how to choose wholeness. Not not excluding the negative, but in our side ourselves yeah. to incorporate the inner parts of ourselves that we would maybe find not pleasing or, you know, to yeah. accept other people and then to choose that. So that's why it's, it's a grind. It's going up the stream against the stream. Whereas yeah, the negative yeah. person, uh, it's, they're already 70% there if they just float along with the you know, the, the Mm. spirits of the day, as the apostle Paul says, or the world Mm. or the, you know, sarks, flesh, the false self, all Mm. that, that's Mm. 70% STS. So they have to do 20%, uh, on top of that, you know, to get Mm. to your 95 or 25%. So how do you, how do you, how do you sit with this?
1: Uh, I mean, that, that all resonates with me and it makes a lot of sense by way of um, how I've one just, uh, it's an understandable explanation as to kind of the energetics of what I feel like I've experienced. But more than that, I appreciate the, um, yeah, I know you've worked with Richard Rohrs, um, uh, within the spiral dynamics community, yeah. the transcend and include or yeah. include and transcend. Yes. That's kind of what I feel yep. part of what you're saying. My, my own experience has been, um, you know, that's easier, it's easier said than done my own experience has been how how do I properly um, include the aspects of myself that I want to love that my inner child, all of the personality structure, um, aspects that are trying to find their own time, time of day, light of day, how do I love those aspects, accept those aspects, both in myself and in other people, while also Parenting them well, for lack of better words, um, transcending them, but not spiritual bypassing, um, not, not, um, you get what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. I almost feel like part of, that's part of the game that I play most every day, I feel like, is um, how do I learn to be here um, in this world, but not of it, Okay, Jesus said, but to say it another way is, yeah, yeah you get what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, I, I think it's a great question. It's a very Western question, uh, because okay. we're presupposing individualism here. And um, what I would invite us to do is to look at individuation versus individualism. Individuation is we are um, uh, unique energetic fractals of the one infinite. We are the one infinite creator uh, and we provide the one infinite creator a unique energetic fractal that is your essence or, you know, your particular mm-hmm. signature that then moves yeah. through third density all the way up to seventh density and, and so on and so forth. Um, but we are also simultaneously uh, energetically one with everything else. So, for example, um, if you were to look at the rings of Saturn, I'm just going to make this up. But let's say you take the rings yeah, of Saturn. Sure. Uh you could see them as one continuous from a certain perspective, just one continuous loop around. But when you yeah. get closer, you see that there's strata. Yeah. You know? So you that's what we are, is that you might have a particular strata of energetics that is uh uniquely you, certainly in the center, but how you get uh more and more individuated is through your relationships with other people so for example mm. you are you because of the relationship that the thought form that exists between you and your wife
1: and yeah, you are you
2: between the because of the thought form that exists between each one of your daughters and so mm. think of um this like i tell people when i'm doing counseling with them is that if it, if it's a couple i'll say i'm not treating you and i'm not treating you my client is that thing in the middle because wow. for me, that that third entity is what the two of you have created. It is a, an entity. It's a real sentient presence mm. that mm. actually includes both of you and then transcends. Because we talk of a, a couple, which is made of a plurality too, but it's a singularity. We say a couple, not the couples. I mean, we, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's, yeah, a, it's yeah, yeah. one entity or a family. Is made up of multiple entities you see
0: yeah man but what is
2: that that you that is created by the different uh pol- you know um poles the two people yeah. there is that gestalt that thing that in-
0: yeah
2: that they create but then also that thing creates them so it's they they create something new but then that thing as more and more investment energetic investment happens becomes its own sentient presence and that begins to feed back into the energy of their creators so it's like this um feedback loop you know
1: that's very interesting
2: yeah so i would say that the great thing that you and i can do as western people especially as white men you know straight white men uh well i can speak for myself when i kind of awakened to my own privilege um, yeah. As a straight white man, uh, you know, I, I went through my own stages of, of white guilt, um, and I'm I'm yeah. gonna say I'm glad I went through it. I, you know, mm-hmm. it was important for me to see, and then I transcended that. But it wasn't ever an exclusion of it. It's still right there. The question mm-hmm. for me now is how can I use my white male privilege, um, mm-hmm. since I have it? Not that I signed up for it, but since I have it here, how can I use it to um, bring up the body of Christ or the, the greater mm-hmm. planetary yes. logos, which is what we are all making up, you know, the entity that is the planetary entity. Mm-hmm. How can I help uh, st- steward and create um, fractals of wholeness, mm-hmm. wholeness making, you know, where, where I can go to the marginalized um, cells of this one body mm. and use my white male privilege in some way. And so, but I don't know exactly how to do that other than I, I pray to be an instrument. Uh, mm. and I keep my eyes open. So when situations of mentorship where I get mentored by people come up, I will say yes to it. And then if other situations mm-hmm. come up where I can do something to help, um, use my white male privilege to uh, infuse more equality, then I'll do that. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. But how we get through our own shadow sides and learn to accept it and love it. I think it happens through desiring, willing to will our will in concordance with the one infinite creator. So law of one Mm raw says the greatest way to serve is to serve the infinite creator and start at that level. And Mm -hmm. and so rather than say, for example, um, I would really hope I do well in this meeting today. Not a bad thing to say, Mm -hmm. you know, Sure. but what if we were to start our day with something like, um, I fully, without reserve, give my mm. mind, body, spirit complex to you, uh, infinite creator, to the one infinite creator for the highest and greatest good for all my other selves and in creation, including myself. And help mm. me to be an That's instrument beautiful. of your peace and joy today. Mm. Like if we start there, then it, we have the faith that my actions Today, even if it's just opening the door for somebody or whatever it mm-hmm. is, that we have the we have the faith that our actions are bearing fruit, are oriented by our will, and that there's mm-hmm. a there's a a grace. Um, the law of one calls it the 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 law of doubling or squares, where every oh, time man. that okay. we pray the same prayer or that other people pray in one, it's m- exponentially stronger. Uh, To the point Mm. where 10 people count for like 1,024, you know, it's crazy. Mm, Um, So that law of squares, that's grace. And that pulls in the reality that we're hoping to manifest from, say, the future. Mm. It pulls it into manifestation or from pure potentiality, pulls it into manifestation. And we become the conduits, manifested embodied Mm. conduits that bring it into manifestation precisely from our our yes, our Mary's yes. Mm-hmm. Mary saying yes, I will bear the mm-hmm. the, the Christ um, for the you know the light of the world. I will do that through mm-hmm. my own body. So mm-hmm. I know that's a lot of co- concepts all at once. I hope it makes some sense. <laughs>
1: Oh, it does absolutely. I uh, the way that you said that was excellent, and that resonates exactly with what I've been feeling and thinking. My my words, I appreciate it even just those words that you gave to start the day with. Um, in a in a slightly different but similar way, I, the words that have been on my mind are, I, you know, I desire to be a vehicle of loving communication today in whatever way is most helpful. Beautiful. And so I I resonate one hundred percent with with the way you're saying that, and I really appreciate that with people like sure. you
2: um, who aren't in crisis but are are really yeah. taking you're really looking at the step of the adept is what you're trying to do you're you're trying you're okay. already you're very green ray like i see the green ray aura on you i mean
0: mm-hmm.
2: you're very very mm-hmm. green ray um a lot of blue too um mm-hmm. uh, so, and that the blue is is more in potential there's the the, the, the integrity mm-hmm. that you have about your own Vocation and um and that is is brilliant it's a brilliant blue um and mm-hmm. it it is waiting to be birthed, you know mm-hmm. waiting to be birthed and it is asking you to because the blue is related to the orange if you look on um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: chakra wise they're they're part of the same kind of sphere in a way uh, and wow. so interesting yeah blue um sort of the inverse of of blue. Is orange, or you might say, orange is kind of the um, the, the slower frequency of, of blue. So they're 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 wow. interconnected, and so the the and it's and it's also metaphysically you can see how brilliant that that fact is because the more that we get into our Blu-ray, which is honest communication, honest communication doesn't mean just telling the truth. Like a lot of the disclosure people is like, mm-hmm. well, we got to get people to talk about you know this and that, and just. Mm-hmm. Honest communication is about having the inner knowledge that when I speak to the degree that I can is gonna be as uh my yes will mean yes and my no will mean no. Mm, that mm, that gotcha. I, I'm speaking with an integrity yeah. Yeah. where my value system is being incarnated and expressed through not just my mouth, mm. but my very energetics and however I'm communicating mm. and emb- embodiment is a communication you know mm. that's blue ray yeah. so it, it okay. is requiring beautiful. us to then constantly it's like you never get over it you're always working on the lower chakras That that is the foundational That that is the clay that we mm. make the beautiful art mm. and you never beautiful. stop with your hands down there
1: you know okay okay yeah. Beautiful, man. I, that's so helpful. I really appreciate just that explanation right there. Um, I I would love to, I, I just, I feel that the validation in talking about this now that this is what I've been looking for with whom I can maybe more honestly yeah. both articulate and walk through these things. Cause sure. I'll be honest, the circles that I'm in, um, I can never really be that honest mm-hmm. um, because I'm still in the Christian circles, yeah. Christian minister, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so I've always had to be really veiled. So I think I've been longing for a place yeah. to where I don't have to be so veiled. You know what I mean? So well, that's I appreciate a, you saying it. Yeah.
2: that's exactly why I founded the, uh, building Forth community. Uh, because there wasn't much of a place that I could find that yeah. you would have people who love the conventional stuff. I mean, in fact, yeah. the more adept a person becomes, the more, um, uh, uh, Ross says, "Know yourself, accept yourself, become the creator." You know, mm. like those are the the three ways to discipline the personality. And when you become the creator, you become the most humble servant of all. You know, mm. this is my not my will, but your will be done. Um, mm. And the personality becomes transparent. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist, or it pops away. It's not an yeah, Eastern notion yeah. of kill the ego, but it's to discipline the ego. Mm. Uh, in a sense, that the false self that's desiring the power, prestige, and possessions is not uh, in control. It, it yeah, exists okay. and then is used by the true self to steward wholeness and goodness in the world. Yeah. Wow, beautiful. That's that Man, transparency. That yeah. So, uh, what I would say is that the high adept, in my opinion, is someone who sees very clearly that the exoteric, which means the yeah. outer, is yeah, the you. esoteric and the Man, esoteric yeah. is the exoteric and uh they're simply the um the edges of one reality and for anybody to get too ensconced in both of these can be problematic yeah. although i would say wow. yeah this is my bias but i i have seen a lot more people that i would in the exoteric realm that are never needing or interested in this stuff that you and I are interested in, but they live very green blu-ray. I mean, they are, they are the salt of the fourth density, you know, yeah. uh, because you can live a fully pure life of the one infinite creator, a full adept mm. kind of life just with the exoteric. On the contrary, I have seen people who very much delve into the esoteric, and, uh, they have a very, uh, robust, um, knowledge of metaphysics. Yeah. But they make the mistake, uh, what <clears throat> Ken Wilber called it, the pre-trans fallacy. They make the p- mistake of feeling that they're transcended all of this lower stuff because mm-hmm. they can do magic or they have some kind of, you know, inner knowledge of the things behind the things yet <clears throat> their operational, Gnosis and worldview is actually mired in the bellicosity thought form that we all created, you know, in this third density. And mm-hmm. they don't know mm-hmm. it, you know. So I have seen more people who are more harvestable in the exoteric realm than in the esoteric.
1: Man, wow. That's
2: interesting. But for people who, can, who have the exoteric down and then yeah. don't throw it out. Well, then you learn, like the Apostle Paul, you learn how to be all things to all people. Mm, Um, And so you can do esoteric, high adept work, subtle realm, Mm. out of body, all these things. You can do these things with using only exoteric conventional terms. Mm. Uh, Not in a way to manipulate people, but in the way to meet people where they're at and then help them on their path according to their own free will and that i think that's what we are called to do
1: Mm. man that's beautiful i really appreciate you validating that because i i that's what i've been feeling even for myself as a part of my own vocation um by way of uh, you said it earlier being a bridge in some way um you know earlier ryan was you know forget christianity let's find something else and I I'm, I'm trying and I really appreciate just what I what I'm receiving from you here is the include and transcend. I've been I've been reading Daskalos Oh, great. Did, who who yeah, got you okay. into Daskalos? Um, I found it wasn't Daskalos. me. No, I heard you mentioned Daskalos. So I was gonna ask you about oh, it. Oh, yeah. But I found Daskalos through Lars Mool. Okay. Moles work. Mm-hmm. Okay, he was an Aramaic. Uh, he studied the Aramaic, and um, he he noted he mentioned um, what's um, Daskalos' um, either daughter or son daughter um, daughter the Works of Light. Yeah so he mentioned that so i started reading that uh-huh. and then i got into Stilianos's um the esoteric practices yes. well, and the teachings yeah okay i have questions i have questions Because i've
2: studied that. all of that and i do that wow. yeah
1: oh wow. so you do like you work through those practices and exercises and everything yet
2: yeah and they're beginners they're beginner stuff uh okay you know it's it's this that's not i mean it yes and one doesn't have to be in do any of that and still yeah. do uh, high magical work. Um, gotcha. But yes, I, I discovered Daskalos the same time I did uh, the law of one. And what I, for wow. the first few years, what I did is I would do, you know, comparison, contrasting of the, of the metaphysics. Um, wow. And what I've come to is that and this is my own opinion, but, the, the the Law of One, for me, is the, a presentation of the, this perennial uh, philosophy yeah. that yeah. is a wider net than the Daskalos material, but the Daskalos gotcha. material fills out the flesh of the skeleton of the Law of One.
1: Wow, that's, interesting. That's sort okay. of how I see it. I'm glad to hear that. I'm really glad to hear that because I've been feeling resonance as I read it, but I've also been not confused but certainly surprised by how uh bible focused and if i can say jesus focused yeah. it feels like some of the some of duskos's work is mm-hmm. so i was gonna ask you that like do you feel that there's resonance between the two mm-hmm. um if i can ask well, yeah. i know it's too well it's 218 but i have time my, okay my this is the only metaphysical question that's not true but the primary question that I wanted to just get your thoughts on is if I can say in general, the the metaphysical framework, this, this little piece of the metaphysical framework that I feel is helpful or helpful, depending on how it, how it turns out, it helps shape all the rest. And it is, and I, and I, I could be wrong in tons of different ways, but let me say how I, how I yeah. experienced, the awareness through the Kabbalah, through the secret gospel of John, um, through a lot of hermetic work. And then of course, what you get through a course of miracles. And then, you know, I was similarly at that same time reading Advaita Vedanta and, you know, you get a lot of the Maya illusion stuff there. Yeah. But one of the things that I that I felt was somewhat of a pattern that I was noticing was that part of what we're experiencing on third density was not so much maybe a mistake as it was a diversion from from, if you want to say, you know, the mind of God or the will of God, however you'd like to say that. But then but then, you know, some of the law of one comes in, and I and correct me if I'm wrong, I I really want to understand this better. Um it you know, some of the Law of One and some other texts that I know some people would classify as New Age like but just even really lovely texts like uh, The Way of Mastery, mm-hmm. whoever the author is of that, um, that is a lot more this is an expression or an extension of the mind of God. Yeah. And it is much more the the veil of forgetfulness that is part of as we experience the problem and part of the the illusion of separation, much more oriented around the veil of forgetfulness rather than a problem that, that okay. preceded that, for lack of better words. So- how would you? I,
2: I have done. Uh, in fact, I'm. I'm. If if I ever do write a book, it's going to be along those lines, right there. The the actual yeah, question. Um, and I'm trying to write on it right now, actually. Uh, wow. So. Beautiful. But I'm only going to be able to offer you my own distorted way. You know. Uh, yeah. So, no. So please. take whatever yeah. I'm saying and uh, digest it to the degree that is helpful, and then spit it out when it's not. Yeah. Um. What you just said. Would be located uh, because what you said, you said two different worldviews there. The first worldview was um, that we went wrong some way. And that's sort of the traditional Christian, you know, the the sin is to miss the mark. And so we as a humanity, the fallen state and miss the mark. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And Mm -hmm. so that was one worldview. And then the next one Mm -hmm. you said was, okay, maybe it's not that, but I'm receiving that there's, this is a divine expression. It's all great. But maybe the problem can be located in the veil of forgetting. Yeah, so that's the other one. And what I want to say is, yeah. um, without throwing those out, they're both correct in their own way. But there's a hierarchy of okay. truths, like Russian okay. nesting dolls. Okay. Yeah. And what you just said is probably the fourth layer. <laughs> so there's there's wow. going to be like six more layers of truth that that include and transcend all the way up. So what I'm going to wow. try to do is give you the biggest one to the degree that I can. Beautiful. Please. And what I would say, and this is, this is uh, 11 years of, of really discerning this, and um, yep. I have a master's in theology as well. So, I mean, I, I've just done a lot mm-hmm. of work with ri- my own personal sure. work with like Richard Rohr's works and whatnot. So this is coming from mm-hmm. a, uh, that kind of uh, l- l- legacy. Yeah. yeah what sure. I would say is, well, first off, have you heard of um, Alfred North Whitehead? Have you studied his?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And okay. Teilhard de Chardin. Yeah,
2: the yeah. Alfred North Whitehead and Teilhard de Chardin. Those, t- in my opinion, those were wanderers. Um, okay. Uh, probably from the Raw group, to be honest. But anyways, mm, wow. um, they those two I, I are now being rediscovered within the Christian milieu. milieu yeah. Primarily in Protestantism, progressive Protestantism, which is um, – yeah. they're free enough to do it. Now, in the Catholic sure. Church, um, the strains are there. The, I mean, of course, Teilhard was Catholic priest. Uh, whatever is in process theology is clearly in Catholicism, but it's overmired with so much of Thomistic uh, substance yeah. theology versus process yeah. theology that gotcha. um, most Catholics – uh, only understand their faith from the degree of substance theology, and that's where we get into some problems. Yeah, um, I'm with you. Process theology holds that everything is in process of becoming. Yeah. And even things that are, are some you know, you could see solid, uh, I, i.e. a stone or a statue, yes. they're actually what's called enduring objects that have they're in process every every nano of the nanosecond <laughs> you know um mm-hmm. every photon as a as a kind of quantum segment of time is recreating that statue at the speed of light mm-hmm. say but it it is that every photon is choosing to um reproduce that which was given yeah. and every moment actually is a moment of dying because Whitehead would say, every moment uh, achieves uh, satisfaction, achieves joy of being itself to have come to some sort of completion, dies, perishes, and then transmits its gnosis of self. It's joy, plus all of the biases that it learned, transmits to the next moment, which arises and then incorporates this entire gestalt. So it it creates mm. the next movement. That is dying, that is death, and resurrection. Resurrection, That, yeah, that is, every beautiful. moment is the Paschal Mystery, this dying and rising, wow. this dying and rising. Okay, uh, and, and by the way, and that is why the Ankh, the yeah. Ankh is the great yeah. uh, archetype of archetypes that we can wow. see in the Law of One. It is, it is the wow. archetype, yeah. Now, mm. what I would say is, God, the infinite creator, is experiencing itself through us. It is becoming through every entity, and that includes the universe all the way down to mm. the subatomic particle. Yeah, the elements. Yeah, gotcha. But the higher, quote, higher levels of God, these, um, the, the more, um, the, so we have the, the logos level. And then we have the sub logos yeah. level, and then you've got the sub sub logos level, which is where the humans are. Mm-hmm. these aren't drop drop down scales, like in other words the sub sub logos level is is not as uh, good or holy or something as the logos level no it's yeah. exactly no. it's not i wouldn't say it the opposite, but think of it this way instead of a drop down, think of a complexity that this uh logos level I'm just going to call it blue for the just for fun to sure. say it's a standard blue but then when we sure. get to the sub sub logos let's say it's a brilliant blue with orange and green and it's like a diamond studded so the substance yeah. it, is not different from the itself at logos level but down here yeah. it is actually it is in the um, it is in the uh, involution it, in inside coming in and complexifying mm. uh, more and more and down into um, it's becoming in the manifested world that is the cutting edge of God. Mm. The third density, Ross says, is the axis upon which the entire universe turns. That is a quote. Mm. Wow. The veiled third density is the axis upon which the entire universe turns. Why? Because in third density with the veil, God experiences God's self in, through, and as sub sub logoi who learn the meaning of their own nature, which is the one infinite creator through love and wisdom, mm-hmm. and all, the knowing and mm-hmm. accepting, mm-hmm. to know it in a new way that is completely not possible unless you have the veil gotcha because uh infinity cannot experience itself white light cannot experience itself unless that white light comes up with a novel idea called finity so we can think of this as a prism the white light shines through the prism and comes out as the different rays. so now we have light on both sides of the prism it's all the one infinite creator here is on this side the white is pure potentiality But here we have hue, we have differentiation, we have random, we have uh, different um, degrees of uh, embodiment, you know, different frequencies. All the same ontological uh, divinity, but Mm they are expressions that are different. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is through the relatedness, the random interactions here, that the one infinite creator experiences itself.
0: Yeah, 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 gotcha.
2: Re- but, but here's what happened is without the veil being discovered, because Ross said this was a part of the evolution of the one infinite creator was to discover mm. this novel concept, just like finity was at the quote beginning, the novel <clears> concept was to, if you will, put another prism yeah. into yeah. third density yeah. to where that which is true. In other words, we are the one infinite creator experiencing itself doesn't know at a gnosis level that it is mm. the one infinite creator and that it's connected to, mm. to everything else including the one. infinite Creator. Wow. You see,
1: go ahead. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but just on that point. Um, so in a way, and I think part of, probably part of what I have in my mind is, is it fair to say that in a way it's almost like a hero's journey? It's almost like there and back again um, by way of, beginning as an extension of the one source yeah and as an emanation or an extension it's finding ourselves in these i don't want to say lower levels but in these different dimensions how we like to say that which includes the complete finiteness the complete forgetfulness to the full remembering and then back again right something to that effect it is but yeah. so go ahead go no ahead. no go ahead your question yeah uh, so um If that's halfway correct, um, would it be true to say that there are some beings who um, who started at a higher level, for lack of better words, and have found themselves, if you want to say, like wanderers who have chosen to? uh, It's always I don't want to incarnate because incarnate is a good word Uh to incarnate on the third density and then to who are already if you can say who are already from the that's right
2: six whatever six or Uh six six
1: um while at the same time are there other beings who have evolved from a for lack of better words lower level
2: oh yeah i mean all, all of that is true uh the um but let, that's a different question, and we can maybe connect that at a different time. Yeah, let me just go back to, really quick to my process stuff because I, sure. I want to finish up that thought, and then I got to get going. Um, sure. So I think I've st- set the stage where I can s- we can see that the veil is holy. Like, the veil yeah. is yeah, I gotcha. Was chosen by the One Infinite Creator by the Logoi, you know, in the service of the One Infinite Creator yeah. to give yeah. the One Infinite Creator. A better, more intense experience of itself. So that, yeah, that gotcha. is supremely sacred. Now, from this side of the veil, yeah, yeah, we have a deep, deep mind sense that we we must have done something. Yeah, you know, that's it. That's and so it. we create yeah. myths, a mythos okay. uh, of being exiled, um, mm. and. The one infinite, the veil also allows for the creation of thought forms. You know, these are, um, as I said, individuated, sentient uh, nexus of energy that have their own beingness. There's a there's Mm going to be an energetic membrane that distinguishes them from the next thought form. You know, and the more that people invest through ritual or belief systems or thoughts. It invests into these thought forms, and they they grow. They grow in their own complexity, just like any organism. Yeah. So yeah. we the, the veil offers the opportunity for thought forms to then uh, exist within the spectrum of the negative polarity. Okay, so a lot of these thought forms would would, would be what we would call demons. Yeah, um, sure. Okay, gotcha. And the word Satan or Lucifer, how it's been understood in our culture— uh, in my opinion, is is really the personification of the veil, okay? Because wow. on this side, we have to, we feel like we have to blame something. <laughs> yeah, um, that's the scapegoat mechanism. So we're going to blame Satan uh, yeah. for creating the the misery. Let's say. Yeah. Um, but here's the irony: is that because of our belief systems that are that are um, that create these thought forms, we we do in fact contribute to a metaphysical reality now it's not reality in capital r but it is a smaller yeah, reality yeah of yeah. uh sentient thought forms that do contain the power that we might attribute to being satan
1: wow that's very interesting
2: but the, yeah. the thing is is that all of that comes from what raw talks about is the great say blindness or sin that we all have and i mean raw's yeah. not using these words Is the bellicosity thought form, the the thought form that is um, based in grief. You know, it's based in fear first. And I I did a podcast. Maybe you've heard it. uh, It's called the uh, skin of primal human suffering. Oh, okay. And um, it's layers. It shows these layers. uh, The first layer is like a skin, like an epidermis and dermis. The first layer would be um, grief. You know, the grief that yeah. we are, we feel like we're exiled. You know, what did we do? Yeah. And I'm sad. You know, the next one yeah. is shame and sadness. Yeah. I'm sorry. The first one is fear, not, fear, not grief. The first one is fear. The second yeah. one is shame and, and grief, you know. But especially in the West and particularly men, we're not, we don't really have a cultural acceptance of allowing ourselves to, to look and feel vulnerable or weak.
0: Yeah. The yeah.
2: third layer is, is anger. Okay now this one we 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 know real well, but if you take all three of these, two of which and that is the uh shame and grief and and then the lower one is fear, two of these three layers we don't even identify, but if you take all three of these layers and see them energetically I, as I do, it is uh red and orange and yellow with with like all intertwined and muddy and uh, but roasting and it's, it is energy that's alive. Um, And it has, it's Mm. like the eye of Sauron, you know, just, it's absolutely, Mm. there's, there's a, it's a Taurus, you know, it's a, it's a, and it is what we created it. Okay. We humans created it, but it creates us just, just like relationships do. Wow. And, and so, Things like negative Orion, you know, they can the negative yeah. polarity can only do so much. They, they can take what is there and then accentuate it or maybe mm. invite us to not look over here and only look at, at this thing. But they can't create something novel because uh, they're disconnected from source by choice. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. not, not metaphysically f- fully, but their path includes the accentuation of separation. Bellicosity by its nature is the energetics of separation. Mm. And so what Orion and groups like this can do is that they they accentuate our own inner bellicosity at the micro level, match mm. it with the bellicosity at the macro level, wow. and then create a situation where we, through our development, okay, mm-hmm. we choose. Uh, remedies for this existential angst that we always are feeling, but we choose to create mm. institutions. Mm. Orion's not doing this. We are choosing to create institutions that are grounded in bellicosity. Wow. And so when we achieve yeah. like capital, you know, like capitalism is kind of, a th- I'm not saying that capitalism yeah. is all evil, but I'm just saying like, yeah, if, you, no, no. if you look at its way of being, to be successful at the capitalistic game um, is to have existed and r- risen on a, on a ladder of manipulation and social oppression in many, many mm-hmm. ways. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, not, sure. not not entirely, but I, I, I'm not trying yeah. to scapegoat it, That's what it's born out of. It, it is yeah. born out of it. So to win in Christian nationalism where Jesus is for yeah. us and, uh, yeah. and Jesus wants us to have the best everything and then screw everybody else that doesn't this rise of christian nationalism in the name of jesus or metaphysically Mm -hmm. in the name of the green ray energy Mm -hmm. we don't realize that our actual god and the very slatter and structure that we've created is bellicosity that is the lower chakras that is the entrapment there and i would argue that's what satan is like I think Satan wow. is is the personification of the bellicosity that we have created, not any archons, not mm. any uh, you know Illuminati or any none of that. Mm. We have created it, but mm. we can also go through it, and that is by mm. you and I choosing every day to live from a place of integrity with our value system. And then Mm. becoming uh, servants of the one infinite creator of wholeness, of wholeness, stewarding Mm. wholeness, making in
1: the world. Yeah, Mm. man, that was that was beautiful. Thank you so much for all that. That was probably the most helpful explanation I've heard to date on any of that. So thank you, man. I really appreciate your time. This is this has been both fun and helpful. (laughs) Yes,
2: me too. Wonderful. God bless. And I'm glad you reached out, man. It's good to have a brother to walk with.
1: Thanks. Likewise. All right. I see you later. That. Bye. Yeah,
2: we'll be in touch. Goodbye. Yep. Yeah. Um, I actually wanted to add a couple more things to put this on um, your plate as well. And because uh, there was a, a thought that I actually didn't get to finish towards the end. Um, Please forgive me for just being so wordy (laughs) and verbose. I I wish I, well, hopefully one day I'll mature enough to speak at a a, a little bit slower pace (laughs) when I get excited. Um, But at the moment I'm just finished uh, running two miles and kind of walking, waiting for my kid to get out of uh, drumming lesson. But I'd like to share that um, I started off the last part of our talk saying, that uh, God or the infinite creator is in process uh, of becoming, and that every moment is this moment of uh, becoming. So, the first thing I'd like to say is some people have talked about uh, pantheism, which is everything is God, and I don't deny that. Uh, some people talk about panentheism, that everything is in God and God is in everything, and I don't deny that either. Uh some people talk about process theology as pan-experientialism, that everything is God in experience, uh becoming in, in what Whitehead calls actual occasions, events of God becoming. Um and I don't deny that either, but I, I I'll borrow something from kind of a movement in my own faith tradition, Catholicism, that I, I like a lot, and that's pan-sacramentalism. And, and the word sacrament uh, means to um, honor something as supremely holy. And and this, this correlates well with what um, the Law of One says, in, in where Ra talks about how the violet ray, when someone is operating from the violet ray. So this is uh, even, the, this is an intelligent infinity, intelligent energy. This is the, the um, sum, the whole. Uh, when someone is operating from this level, they are able to see that every moment is not, is a sacrament. Every moment of becoming is a sacrament of the one infinite creator manifesting the creator self in, through, and as that moment. Um, and, and we, as God in the third density experience, have, through our free will, the capacity to, to intend our embodiment as uh, the channels through which God's becoming can be recognized. Uh, Recognized. Cog, to cognize means to think with. The word C-O means with, O. And, uh, cognize, then G-N-I-Z-E is to know, gnosis. So to know with means to cognize. And then, so one might say that that is the, uh, the God's nature is a plurality that is becoming. But to recognize means to know with again. And that is what we are in third density is through our free will with the veil is to grow to the perspective of recognizing uh, God's own becoming. To know and view everything that is becoming, including our ourselves, um, in a violet ray
0: which is to
2: uh, offer our own incarnations as transparent or crystallized um, channels through which God's uh, becoming into the third density is uh, done at the highest and greatest levels, the whole level, the violent ray. That's, that's pan-sacramentalism. And uh, lastly, I'd say that <clears throat> the purpose, I think, this is my, again, bias, but the fact that we have this uh, thought form, this bellicosity thought form that we ourselves have created, and it has actually created us. It continues to work in, through, and as us uh, something which is... Uh, um, it's a purview and belongs within the lower chakras, but because of its intensity um, and because of our feeding it, especially when we think we think that we're acting out of uh, higher centers so we entrap ourselves, because of those things, the bellicosity thought form
0: is a kind of trap um, that we're not aware of.
2: And Ra says that the only way to change karma, the inertia of karma so things at rest stay at rest, things that are in motion stay at motion, this bellicosity thought form is in motion and has been, and, and Ra indicates that it has been our uh, great blockage uh, to our collective in learning to live in the heart and thus. Uh, get ready for third density or fourth density lessons. Um, that there became uh, the, the don't, I'm sorry. The way that Ra said that we get through this is, is through forgiveness. Forgiveness is the forgiveness principle. Is what allows
0: bellicosity to dissipate
2: because um, because one does forgiveness. I believe it would start at the green ray, but I think a full kind of forgiveness would necessitate, um, I think, uh, probably more of the blue and the indigo, but certainly you don't get higher levels of activation of those centers unless one is seated in the green ray. And
0: I think that um, part of
2: the way that the one infinite creator uh, develops is through these seemingly uh,
0: in seeming problems that
2: can't be overcome. In other words, what do you do when there is uh, a metaphysical issue <laughs> like the bellicosity that we ourselves have created? And given that uh, Earth's humanity according to the law of one, is a motley crew made up of lots of different souls from different parts, um, often our third density repeaters. So this is kind of uh, normal, but it seems that our particular population is one that keeps repeating third density. And the question is, would, it, would we continue just to repeat, you know, ad infinitum? Ne- never really fully being able to transition out of that bellicosity, the gravity, the spiritual gravity of separation and bellicosity. Uh, can we do that? Well, I-, I think at the very macro level, at the uh, cosmic, lo- you know, primal logos level, the one infinite creator, uh, this is an opportunity for the creator to grow, um, to become, itself in a new way. And so this is my speculation, and I very well could be just uh, way too Christian, uh, which I I would accept that um, criticism. But I think I can make a pretty good case from the law of one using just that source to outline the following. And that is, I think that Yahweh is, um, another name for our son Logos. I think God, you could say, um, the local God is the
0: son Logos.
2: And that Yahweh indeed, um, I believe was the sublogos. And, uh, we see from the law of one material that, um, Yahweh has a bias, oh, well, I'm, I'm saying the sublogos is Yahweh, Ra didn't say, Ra did say that the sublogos, uh, they said, Ra said, sorry, that Yahweh was a member of the confederation, and um, the Yahweh group, and that the sublogos has a bias towards kindness, um, Ra also says that the sublogos uh, can only give us the the catalysts of the first three chakras and that it is our job as sub sub logoi to use the catalyst then to pick a you know to choose a polarity and then um advance on that uh, to develop the the higher energy centers and i think that um the experience of the, the earth's uh, stuckness, if you will, in the, in the platform of bellicosity, um, and in this, in this entrenchable stuckness needing uh, forgiveness, the forgiveness principle, that um, there might be a way that the whole thing was set up, um, allowed to evolve for God's own becoming for through the experience of the sub logos uh, experiencing itself um, as Yahweh, which formed a relationship, a bond with the um, particular souls that Yahweh had been gardening, guarding as a guardian prior. Um, and through this relationship, um, Created some karmic entanglements that allowed for the beginning development of this bellicosity, even as Yahweh and the bond between Yahweh and earth humanity also uh, allowed for very deep and profound movement towards learning and knowing the law of one and transmitting it. So there's a, <clears throat> A mixture of uh, results of Yahweh's involvement there. Uh, and I think that was actually from a very high macro perspective uh, allowed to happen as part of Yahweh's own development because Yahweh then moves into a self-knowledge of being Emmanuel or Yod He Shin Bohe. Yahweh, in other words, is I am. Then we move into Emmanuel as I am with you. And that thought form, that self-identity of Yahweh moving into the I am with you, not just I am, but I am with you, uh, is is incarnated, if you will, um, in and through the beautiful um, bond with the Jewish people who through ritual and culture and faith have always had this knowledge of the one infinite creator here in the um, sub goic level as our son being with us, uh, being with the Jewish people. Um, and that one might say that that existed incarnated as a people, through the culture, ritual, and faith, um, and, and as a, uh, a meta narrative of the people, and then in the fullness of time, in a kairos moment, as opposed to chronos, a kairos moment meaning something enters and forever changes, a catalyst that um, changes the, the um, something qualitative in the in the earth's third density perspective. And that is what I'm calling the Jesus Christ event, um, or Jesus Christ actual occasion, if I'm borrowing Whitehead's words, where um, the entity, it ne- well, let me say it necessitated uh, several different ingredients to make this event um, occur. And I would say that uh, the entity that, Jesus, that Law of One talks about, there was an entity that volunteered to be um, the messenger known as Yehoshua or Yeshua, Jesus. Uh, I think we needed that. I think we needed to have the Emmanuel identity of Yahweh and as well as the thought form that was uh, created and men, uh, nurtured by the thousands of years of um, cultural ritual through the chosen people, the Jews and this created a kind of landing pad, a metaphysical landing pad that a portal could be opened up where the sub-logos, which is a tier, if you will, an order higher, uh, not more complex, <laughs> but certainly more holistic, because we are the body of the Sun logos. So but in this way the sub-logos came face to face. With itself as third density, as a third density entity. Um, so what I'm saying here is that the entity known as Jesus it was a wanderer, a fourth density wanderer moving to fifth density, but instead chose to come in and through um, the third density experience as a as, as a part of a mission. That entity's job was to fully embody in a singularity, the energetics of the platform of Emmanuel and, and basically channel that with perfect fidelity mm-hmm. through the own, uh, own free will. So necessitated, uh, God is, is subject to God's own laws, if you will, uh, free will <clears throat> coming through channeling uh, Emmanuel so that Emmanuel as the macro presence uh, crystallizes and singularizes into the particularity of a historical moment in third density for the purpose of few things. One would be to give the one infinite creator an experience of itself where a higher tier incarnates
0: as a as itself in a
2: tier that is um more complexified into third density so it would be similar to where let's say you're made up of trillions of cells but you um maybe there's a cancer or something inside your cell so you actually become one of your cells and then teach the other cells that are in the tumor, how to be cells in the way that is um, conforming to whatever needs to happen at at a homeostasis for cells. But anyways, it would be you becoming a cell and then installing something inside that epicenter, that tumor, some kind of consciousness um, seed form, thought form, which I like to call the forgiveness, the cosmic forgiveness principle. And that seed form then grows over 2000 years in consciousness. And it is the forgiveness principle that, um, has the capacity when we live inside that, you know, no longer I, but Christ who lives within me live inside that forgiveness principle and act as channelers of that forgiveness principle that the uh, bellico- bellicose thought form that we created is thus um, decreased also by us. So it, it's a way that the infinite creator learns about itself by coming, becoming one, incarnating as one of us. Uh, And it also
0: allows for us to,
2: which is the creator, to then uh, learn the meaning of love enough to polarize to the point of being able to enjoy the lessons of fourth density. So that's um, it needs to be clarified a little bit more. I'm trying to work on my way to phrase that so it's a little clearer, but maybe... Maybe there's something there that um, might be of interest. Uh, Again, hold it with a grain of salt. Okay. Thanks
0: for listening.